0: what's up everybody we are here with former bachelor now author clayton eckard clayton the last time i was talking to you you were assuring me that you were you and susie were staying together now we're here <laughs> under very different circumstances welcome to my show yeah you
1: come out the gate firing but that's okay yeah mm-hmm. i uh well i believed it at the time but uh as we all know life brings a lot of uh ups and downs and unforeseen circumstances so ultimately uh, i'm in a really great spot today happy to talk with you and um yeah a lot of growth since uh i even last spoke to you
0: hello 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 everybody thank you for being here this is zachary reality and you are listening to zachary reality yeah for sure and of course you know i'm just teasing you i was a clay stand but we are here today to talk about your book 180 degrees which you just announced on instagram now i feel like you've been kind of teasing this for a while that it was coming so how excited were you to finally announce that it's available for pre-order and it's all happening yeah
1: no it was um i was recording this a video for my story and i i was kind of wiped out by traveling and all of a sudden i just felt this energy take over so it's been super exciting because uh i've been yeah for the last eight months I mean, i've been pouring into it uh documenting just my feelings trying to make sense of them uh and i I was really uncovering a lot as i was essentially journaling uh but then i just took it and i said okay i can take this and just make it a little bit constructive so that in a way that others could read this and go okay like i kind of see where his mindset was and how he would start to to create that shift so i just felt that uh for me I've, i've grown a lot in these last uh this couple years so I figured, hey, if everyone's kind of seen my story, they might be able to see that and go, okay, I I have belief in myself that I can get there as well if he can.
0: For sure. Yeah, I started um, reading it. I skimmed through it and I could tell how vulnerable you were and how you just really put it all out there. So I definitely want to commend you for that. Because I think that's really brave to talk about your deepest insecurities and just kind of how you've gotten to this place where it seems like you're finally in a better place because we were worried about you for a little bit. So how are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm good now. Uh, you know, I was worried too, uh, just because I didn't realize uh, I always knew I was a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I went on the show originally, I was just expecting, I don't know, I guess I, I thought that I was going to handle it a lot better. And so that was my biggest fear going into it was well, I don't know how I'll be received. And I remember someone saying, if you're a good person, that's how you'll be portrayed. Uh and that was there was a conflict there. Yeah. Of course, when everything happened, uh, I thought I thought I was a good person, but I go back and I look at what happened and and knowing what I did. And I would say it's not that I'm a bad person. I was just someone that was not not set in my ways, was uh you know, emotionally immature, uh, was questioning who I was as a human being. And because of that, uh, it led to my insecurities coming to light. And, uh, I think you have to be a very secure individual to go on reality TV. I would not recommend somebody that's, (laughs) um, insecure in themselves. The problem was, is I had always suppressed my struggles. So I didn't really realize how, um, how many issues I had. Uh, so Mm -hmm. it came to light and then it forced me to, um, start addressing them, which is good. Just was tough
0: yeah i mean listen don't be too hard on yourself i when i watched the show i mean i'm sure you've seen my videos like i enjoyed it i loved the ending i mean i think you gave us a great tv show and at the end of the day like it is what it is like you followed your heart you tried to make it work like i don't think you should beat yourself up about it um and i feel like you've you're not doing that anymore right no
1: i no i'm not i i just i just believe it was a mess so yeah. i it's not when people say oh i loved it and i i think they might see it as a deflection of me saying uh, it was a mess. And I wish, and it's like, Hey, though, like, I said, I liked it. You don't need to tell, sit here and tell me, you know, how remorseful you are, but it's, it holds true no matter how many years out it is. I'll, I look back at it and I know the the pain that I caused and I see it more than ever. Uh, and I've had conversations with some of those individuals that I hurt and um, realized that I was in my own shoes, but I didn't take the time to step, you know, out of my shoes and into someone else's. Uh, some of that, a lot of it, all, a lot of it was lack of experience. I mean, yeah. um, I think partly, yeah, I was number eight on Michelle's season, sent home. If I'd have been in the final four or three, I probably would have, I would have experienced those emotions as, as uh, you know, as you have a strong connection and there's still other people around. I think getting sent home at number eight with Michelle, I just started to be like, oh, I could see myself dating her. Like she seems cool. So I didn't have that strong of a connection as far as as like what you would have once you get down to the final three. I didn't have that experience. And so that would have helped to have had that. The other part of it was I just didn't have dating experience. I mean, I had like two girlfriends before that my entire life, and I wouldn't even really count one. One was right before that, though, in college for about three years, but that was about it. So I just lacked experience.
0: For sure. I mean, you kind of just got thrown into the lion's den, especially when you were you know, leaked as being the bachelor and announced before Michelle's season even started. So, you know, we definitely throw you a bone here at Bachelor Nation. And we're happy to see the growth. Um, now you called this book, you wrote it 180 degrees. So why did you decide to name it that? And what do you hope fans, you know, take away from this? Is this for Bachelor fans? Is this for people who are looking for mindfulness and, you know, self-help, you know, what is kind of the message?
1: Yeah. So for me, uh, the reasoning behind the title was, um, you know, I I was walking down a path of, of, um, you know, self-doubt for a lot of my life. I I just didn't, I doubted myself, everything that I did. uh, I, I felt like at times I had the right people in play to allow me to find some success, but I had never believed in myself. Uh, so for me, that 180 degrees is a mindset shift. And so I talk about going from a place of self-doubt to self-belief. Um, but in order to make that change, I break it up into the book, into segments, um, six sections, six sections. Uh, with principles that I feel are super important for us to work on. And each of the sections symbolizes 30 degrees. So basically six times 30, 180. So it's about making that shift and how each of the principles play off each other. Uh, And as far as the targeted audience, I think overall, it's it's for individuals that, that are kind of curious about mindfulness that are um, might be struggling themselves and, and want to read uh, a book that may help them get there through being uh, very relatable. So I would say, uh, yeah, there's going to be an audience that thinks like, I want the inside scoop and the inside tea. And is this going to be nothing but the show? And the answer is no. Uh, there are parts in the book, uh, especially towards the end. I write it in yeah. chronological order so at the ending of the book is is heavily bachelor oriented i mean okay there's there's some behind the scenes stuff i suppose but it's more in my head so If you want to know why, when Susie and I got into our our disagreement, what I was thinking, I share that. So I share like my inner thoughts. I share the insecurities that I was going through. If you want to just know what it's like when you become the bachelor and you open your phone for the first time and see social media, like I give the insight into how it felt at all different points from the time that I was announced To the time that I was, I don't talk about much about during outside of a few instances like the the big moments. And then the rest of the book though really is starts around seventh grade for me. So it talks about the important parts of my life where I had life-changing circumstances. But, you know, I talk about dark, destructive thoughts. I talk about suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. I talk about just my depression, my body dysmorphia. And so I, it's more about vulnerability and taking somebody through my life and, and being, hopefully being able to relate to this. Because I know not everyone's going to relate to going on, going on a TV show. yeah. So it's, it's more about, hey, if you're struggling with depression, anxiety, stress, uh, self-doubt, this is a book that you could pick up and there's actionable steps within that might help you start to to make that shift to a place of self-belief.
0: So it sounds like we're getting the best of both worlds here because, you know, this is just your life, right? But you're also giving a lot of, you know, advice and help, but your life is also Tea to some people, so let's sell the book here and say that you guys will get some bachelor tea here. Okay, definitely yeah. check it out. Um, no, I'm, a, I'm, sometimes <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm an honest man, and I know like clickbait or, or whatever, like the, to say like, oh, you're gonna get some inside info. Yeah, but just tell them I, they, they are. They are. I know. I know. It's I'm a transparent guy, and I think like for me, um, I'm always I'm big, I'm big on honesty, sometimes too much to my to my own detriment. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, there's gonna be those aspects of it of of what's you know. What, what I was thinking about, which I think that's important for people as you go back. And I think it's fascinating if you go back or you reference the show and then you go, okay, now I know what he was thinking in that exact moment. Cause a lot of times people, that's why people online, they're like, what is he thinking in this moment? What is he thinking? It's like, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm just super proud of it. And you know, like a book itself, I'm like, don't judge the cover. I think a lot of people see this version of me. Um, but I don't see this version of me a lot of times when I look in the mirror. And I think that's important is, Um, You know, we oftentimes judge individuals based off of what we see, but we don't know half of what's going on inside. So that's, that's our big part of the book as well as to front to back, go all the way through it. And then once you get the full story, now you might have a different image painted.
0: For sure. And I know you talk a lot in the book about your body dysmorphia. And I think that's really important to kind of bring awareness to that. So do you mind maybe educating people who aren't familiar with that and who could relate to you for opening up about it? Yeah, So
1: it's body dysmorphia. I've seen a few different definitions, but essentially it's an extreme fixation on a part of your body. It's typically like a particular part of your body. Um, From what I've researched, it's not just one area, which would make sense because for me, it was always my stomach region. Uh, but it's extreme fixation and a, an altered image of what others see. So you would see, I would see my stomach for instance, and somebody would be like, oh, he's super lean or, you know, maybe he's got a little bit of excess skin, but like, no, someone would see a guy like he's, he's, he's lean. He's a lean guy. Mm -hmm. I see it. and I go, I'm fat, I'm fat. And, and even though I'm, you know, around 10 or 11% body fat, I look at it and I see, 20, 30% 20, 30% body fat. It's, I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. I don't see what others see. Uh, and so that's what body dysmorphia is. It's an altered image of your body and, and an extreme fixation on one part. Um, what it can look like uh, for me, it started manifesting. Is just every time I looked in the mirror to brush my teeth in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, I would just, my eyes would go straight to that area of my body. Um, and I would just have these negative thoughts like you're fat, you look gross. You need to work out harder. You need to change your diet up. Uh, and then I also pinch that area of my body a lot still. I mean, I probably, I don't know, 50 to hundred times a day. Uh, so it's like, I'm pinching that fat to remind myself that it's there. It's not like I want to do it. It's just become this habit at this point. And I pinch it. And some days I'm like, Oh, that doesn't feel that fat other days. I'm like, Oh, that's, that seems like there's more there than typical. So that's the way that it can kind of manifest. And it's like the, that negative self-talk looking in the mirror, Um, I I would imagine, uh, I almost, I mean, it's been seventh grade since I started doing this. I think before that point, I would just look in the mirror and look at whatever something new every day right like Mm. now it's like the first thing i look at uh and it's just that extreme fixation it's important to highlight too that it it affects just as many men as women so men don't talk about it as much but this the research shows that uh just as many men struggle with it
0: so what do you say to people who are like clayton you're skinny like get over it
1: yeah i mean that's that's like telling somebody uh hey uh your your depression it's all in your head right like it's super uh it's demeaning it's you're, you're you're devaluing this their their, their feelings. I mean, I, I think it's important whenever somebody says something like that, my first question is to step back and ask them, do you think that I really want to be feeling feeling this? Yeah, like if I could push a button, don't you think I would push the button mm-hmm. and stop stressing about it? And in a, in a previous relationship at one point, way back, I had a girlfriend that had an anxiety attack, and my first thought was like, i just stop thinking about it because yeah. I didn't have anxiety at the time. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I, it, it was the worst reaction I could have had because again, any individual that's going through that doesn't want to go through it. And they would click a button if they could just stop being anxious. So uh, I just tell people when they say that, I'm like, Hey, just understand that what you're saying is, 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 de- is demeaning. Like it, you're, you're devaluing how I feel and my perspective is my reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so hopefully they can be cognizant of that and go, okay, like, I understand he doesn't want to feel this way, but he does. So how Mm -hmm. can I help as opposed to targeting me and saying, Oh, get out of your head. You're just a mess. It's like, okay, listen, I, I, you can have that thought, but like, I'm trying to fix this. So you telling me my problems aren't problems is the worst reaction you could give to somebody.
0: For sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I appreciate your vulnerability. I read in your book, you were like, everyone's trying to like diagnose me. Like when you go on reality TV, people become fixated in everything that you do and everything you say. And I can't even imagine like being under such scrutiny. And, you know, you kind of got into the habit of reading too many comments. So did you feel like you had a lot of these like insecurities like leading up to the show and then the show just kind of blew up on you? Is that really what it was where you hit this breaking point? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I... I had those insecurities going on to the show. But when I was on The Bachelorette, I didn't, I wasn't in the same spotlight. I was one of 29 other guys Mm -hmm. uh, and I was, you know, no drama on my end. I was just there and having fun and wasn't directly involved. If there was drama, I just sat back and just watched it. So I I stayed away from (laughs) that. and Yeah. And and then I, whenever I talked to Michelle, I just had fun. And and so it was very low expectations uh, as far as what was expected of me. Uh, also I just wasn't the center focus when you all of a sudden go from the passenger seat to the driver's seat mm-hmm. yeah now mm-hmm. you're you're in a different position and, and there's there's a lot more happening and now as as opposed to being one of third you know one of 30 you're one of one and so now the focus is all on you and that gives you um you're 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 involved more um so there's more screen time you're 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 and there's more that's happening around you and so that's where a lot of those insecurities were able to come out. Uh, and I wonder if I would have went into the final war with Michelle. I'm sure a lot some of that stuff would have manifested. I, I will say, not feeling good enough, I had that discussion with Michelle. I also had that discussion with a lot of the guys. So those conversations were being had. It wasn't shown, right, because it wasn't my narrative at the time. So uh, those conversations were being had, but that was, you know, Michelle's story at the time. So they were there, they were present. Everyone was aware of them, uh, but I didn't realize that they would lead to what I would say is my downfall, where I, I got into a situation where I didn't realize I was making decisions to try to protect myself and my ego and my insecurities. But my insecurities were were selfish. Uh, I was, you know, that people please mentality doing whatever I need to do to keep everybody around me happy at at with for for like however I could do it. My in my yeah. head I was like, I want to keep the women happy, me happy, the producers happy, the audio team happy, everybody happy. The fans fans happy. So (laughs) how can I keep everybody happy? Yeah. The point you can't, you you will never keep, you can't get everybody on the same page. I haven't really watched the season, but I've been watching clips. Uh, Zach is an incredible dude. And uh, from what I've gotten to know him, I've talked to him and, and seems like a real, real charmer and nonetheless he's still getting negativity that i received as well he's a boring bachelor he you know has no energy and blah 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 and it's like this dude hasn't done anything wrong he's a sweetheart good guy and here and here we are and i say he doesn't hasn't done anything wrong again i guess that's my perspective i didn't really watch the previous season he was on but uh, overall it seems like a great guy nonetheless like people will still yeah. not
0: but that's just part of TV. I think that, and a lot of commentators don't even take themselves, a lot of people who are commenting on it aren't really like meaning it what they're saying. Like, I know as being on the receiving end, like you take it personally, but a lot of people are just kind of talking out of their ass when they're talking about reality TV. So that would be my advice if you ever go on a show again. I mean, that's. Oh, what, my, I, I wish I, I could have talked to you before you went on someone who like is more of like a viewer versus someone who is like, you know, because I know you got a lot of advice from other leads.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I will say, I mean, I, I realize that now and if I to ever go back on, um, I wouldn't allow the comments. They just don't affect me like they used to. I mean, do I still read comments? Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. I still think I can glean some knowledge from it. I can take something it's feedback. Yeah, it's feedback. So it's like, are you not going to take feedback for what you put out there? I mean, am I going to read comments about my book? Absolutely. Like, at the end of the day, I wrote it. I'm not fixed. It's, it's it's out there at this point. So if someone says it's terrible, okay, why? You know, because again, I will take that that res- that response if it's constructive, and then I'll say, okay, some, somebody said I needed more of this in here. Or I should have dove deeper so when I go speak on mental health I'll incorporate that so feedback's great but I also think it's important for people on the other side as well and I'll share this being like yeah. in in, the, in on my side of things I was ignorant I didn't know much about reality tv and that's that's on me right I, I could have done my research ahead of time I kind of just jumped in um and thought you know we wished hope for the best but I think it's also por- important for people that are commentating to know that we as the recipients don't know what you the as tone the tone is yeah we don't know what the tone is we don't know who you are a lot of times like we're, we're like it's it could be strangers I mean you're you know I I, I knew yeah. of you um, yeah. but like some people that are commenting online, I don't know your character mm-hmm. um, I don't know especially
0: the anonymous accounts with no face right. like I'll, yeah. I'll show my face I'll share my opinion I keep I try and keep it fair but I understand yeah. how creepy and scary it could get when it's like from accounts that you don't know and they're like sending you all these messages and tweeting stuff
1: well, and two, like some, you know, a lot of those comments, they may, they may be rooted in a lot of anger and hatred. And so when someone else, maybe you jump in and you just give your opinion and you're like, Hey, I'm not that serious about it. Well, I might not know that because I don't know you personally. So I take it as, Oh, he's calling me an ass. Like, well, just, it just adds to to the fire. And that's where, um, you know, when you have one comment, it's one thing, but then it's 10, 20, 50, hundred. And then you start to struggle especially if you're someone who doesn't feel good enough like i did and a people pleaser i start you know to believe that narrative because i didn't really know who i was I, my my beliefs and all that were kind of you know shaken and so uh and my character in general so uh it's just something that i tell people like be mindful of i'm like hey listen like we're all people we're no different than anybody else we you know the difference is i went on tv and and, and you didn't that's the difference other than that like we have a lot of commonalities i am not some Upper echelon human being. I'm just a typical average dude from Missouri that I found out was extremely sheltered, didn't know a lot about reality TV and all this, this whole other world. And yeah. now I've been exposed to it. So I'm better now that I understand a lot of why, you know, why people say the things they do for the clicks and for, you know, just and just for fun. And who's I now know more who's serious and who's you know, just kind of, you know, just, they just, yeah, right, right. Now I get that, but like that, I didn't know that at first. So of course my default setting was everything's an attack.
0: Did you feel like Susie kind of helped you learn about like the online, you know, sense of humor and like culture and stuff? Yeah.
1: A thousand percent. She, she did so much for me. Um, that's why I think she's one of the greatest, Humans, I know, uh, because she had more of a social media presence prior. She was big into social media, loved it, um, you know, and it and incorporates very well with her with her line of work. So she already knew this and, and had watched the show, and so she knew how things operated. So I think there were points where I struggled really badly, and she, her, you know, maybe her first thought, and I don't know this, but her first thought might have been like, "You're kind of, you know, it's not as bad as you think." But then. She, I think she started to realize like, oh, he doesn't know that all the previous bachelors took heat like this to yeah. some degree.
0: You don't know what Ari did. You don't know what Peter did. So Post she started came telling out me. out as gay. Like, you're fine, honestly. <laughs>
1: yeah, so she started telling me, she's like, oh, well, did you know so this happened to so-and-so? Like, you could look this up. Mm-hmm. And I would go back and I would go back to old messages. Like whenever they announced the, you know, um, whether it was Matt James or Peter, and yeah. I would read the comment section. And I was like, oh, he's... Like I, if, if I didn't know any better, if you took their comments and my comments and you mixed them up and you just threw them out at me, I wouldn't know who's, who's or who's it's like the same things are said every year about the bachelor. They're always boring. They're always that, you know, they're not like, no one's ever happy. There's like about them. They wish they had to pick somebody else. It's so that she started to educate me on that and was like, Hey, listen, I get it. This isn't great. And I know it hurts you, but just know that it's not so much you as much as like people are attacking
0: the culture. No. It's just the culture of the culture. show and yeah, online. and the, attacking yeah. the
1: role they're, they're attacking Clayton, the mm-hmm. bachelor. They're not attacking Clayton, the human.
0: They're also it's attacking like, like the producers and the franchise a lot. I mean, I know you can't speak on that, but like people are frustrated with the show and we almost take it out on the bachelor in a way. Cause they're the face. So I think the show has really they do. changed
1: a lot. So they do. The problem with that is, is that there's, they, they have no faces. They have no names to attack essentially. So not to say I don't, I'm not asking people to go after the producers yeah. if, if they found. I, mean, I know names. a
0: few. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I, have,
1: I, have, I got a good relationship with them at this point. I understand that business is business, but my thing is, is, um, yeah, they don't have a face. They don't have a name. So they don't, they don't feel that heat. Some of them do. I mean, we know that who the, you know, the creator of the show is, and, and some of the top level individuals. So those individuals take heat. But a lot of them below don't. And I think, it you know, it'd be really interesting if like those names did get, and again, I don't want this to happen. Yeah, but yeah. like if, if the names got out and people started attacking them, like, you know, they'd start to see, oh, this is how it feels. Because a lot of times if you don't have the experience, you go, oh, like just get, you know, some people might say, get over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to have all these great opportunities that are going to follow. and It's going to be worth it. And it's like, is it worth your mental health? I mean, there's been a lot of things that me and not only just me, but other individuals that had great edits, struggle with. I mean, reality TV, everything that it brings, all the expectations that are unmet uh, that come from it, all of the chasing the high mm-hmm. of the crazy experiences and having to come down from that, Like this business can really screw you up if, if you don't constantly work towards trying to stay grounded.
0: For sure. I mean, you know, going on reality TV can give you a platform, but it's really what you make of it after. So I'm glad that you're, you know, sharing all in your book and, you know, using this for good. And I hope that everyone can really see how much you've grown and learned. Um, I do want to ask you some rapid fire questions. So super quick answers, um, just so we can kind of get everything um, through. Um, Who called you a buzz light? looking ass. Who was that?
1: (laughs) Uh, These are all just random comments from random comments. Yeah. People online.
0: Okay. Your, your aim username was sunshine kid 5,000. Um, tell us why was that?
1: Yeah. So I, uh, it's in the, it's in the book a little bit, but I, in seventh grade, I made the switch from public school to private or sorry, um, from my Lutheran school to a public school. And at the time it was Backstreet Boys and NSYNC that were super popular. So the frosted tips were the big thing. So I had asked my dad to dye my hair, um, cause I wanted frosted tips cause that was the end thing. And then my dad ended up dying my entire hair, bleach blonde, and I took the name Sunshine from uh, my classmates from uh, Remember the Titans. So there was the QB and Remember the Titans who had the blonde, long blonde hair, and my hair used to like go below my ears. So I picked up the name Sunshine, and I liked it. And so I just Sunshine Kid. And the reason why five thousands because five I think Sunshine Kid was taken, and so was five. And- <laughs> Fifty and five hundred, so I took five thousand. Five
0: thousand. Mine was um Jungle Zachary because I think I just loved the Jungle Book. Um, how did you feel? Um, Michelle just said on Ashley I's podcast that she wanted to send you home earlier than she was allowed to. Um, how did you feel about that when she said that? I think she talked to you about it um, when you were on that trip.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I understand how this whole thing goes. So I I think if like, if she wanted to, but couldn't, then so be it. I mean, I I know I didn't have that strong of a connection with her uh, going home at like number eight. So I did, I I guess there was another part of the podcast I heard that I was disappointed in because I felt like it was just kind of unnecessary to make a puking sound. Um, But uh, that's what I heard. Someone said that to me and I just said, okay, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's unfortunate sometimes like, and I get disappointed when I feel like I have these great connections with people and and then, you know, and then sometimes it's just, it is what it is. And I think if she wanted to send me home earlier, you know, then that's, I get it. Like, I yeah, mean, I don't I, think I, she
0: was trying to say it in like a shady way. I think she was trying to like maybe spill a little tea and be like, maybe he was set up to be the bachelor. Like this is how things go.
1: I, I try to, I mean, I try to believe the best in people. So I also don't, you know, I, I, I I don't try to like lose too much sleep on it these days. I mean, if she wanted to, she would have. was
0: there anyone in your season you wanted to maybe send home that you didn't, you know, didn't get an opportunity to before. I felt
1: really good about people going home and the order that they went home. You know, there's it's tough because at some points you wonder, should I have kept somebody longer? And then there's some individuals that that you look back at and you go, I should have sent them home sooner, but you don't, you don't have the full story a lot of times. Right. I mean, I wasn't in the room uh, at all times. uh, And I also, you know, had limited interactions with some individuals. I mean, let's face it, night one, you send home, you know, seven or eight people. Uh, how much can you really, how can you really get to know somebody in one night, right? Like you, someone may have just been nervous and had made a bad first impression. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough like that. And you just kind of realize that you may, and you may have sent somebody home night one that could have made it all the way to the final four. It could have been your person. You just, for whatever reason, that moment, maybe they were off, maybe something they said, just you're like, eh, whatever. Like, it's really tough. Uh, but you can't sit here and play the what-if game because you'll do that yeah. all day. There's too many variables with with the show.
0: Yeah. Did you ever reveal which of your brothers slid into Teddy's
1: DMs? Yeah, it was my little brother, Pat. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, he oh was supposed God. to come out and talk about it. Uh, yeah. I think he was reached out to about, like, hopping on a podcast. And he was like, no, I we don't need to go into detail on this but uh yeah (laughs) would you ever let your
0: brothers go on to like paradise
1: i mean i wouldn't stop my brothers from doing anything i don't think they would go would
0: you go to bachelor in paradise
1: i would consider it i don't know if it's what's best for me it's not even from a mental standpoint anymore it's just a matter of like the next part of my chapter of my life like Um, I see the value and, you know, in going to it. I mean, I could potentially find somebody. Um, I also know that, you know, going on those platforms can can help with bringing exposure to what you're trying to do. And for me, since I'm super big and passionate about mental health, I I could really shine a light on this, but I would have to be interested in the women going otherwise it'd be defeating the purpose. If I just showed up to be like, Hey, I'm just here to get exposure so I can push out my mental health stuff. Like I would have to actually have interest in somebody there. So I guess uh-huh. if they start releasing who may possibly go, I'll start looking into it. And and uh, if I'm, if I'm still single by then, I mean, I'm, I'm also out dating right now. So there's, there's no, there's no telling. I, as
0: a viewer, I want you there. But as like a friend, no, because they're going to have Rachel and Michelle end up in paradise. And I think they're going to bring Genevieve back and you're, and you're just going to have to relive everything. And it's just not going to be worth it for you. I think we you could do another show um, that possibly comes up in your future. That would be better. I don't recommend anyone go on ABC. That's just my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I will say this, like Rachel and I had really great conversations in the last couple of weeks. I walked out of there very just, blown away by how gracious she she was i mean i she's grown up she's grown a lot too and not to say like she had to or when i first saw her i'm like okay i expect to you know, I, I'm going to be apologizing and apologizing. And she was super sweet. And she said, listen, like, I get it now. Like, I get it. I mean, it doesn't, you know, like, it's it's a lot. So that was really cool. Um, I Nothing but respect for her. And uh, she's went through a lot, too. So yeah. um, it's really great, because we had so many good conversations, because we were both now the lead. So we understand so much. And, uh, and so I don't know, I would like to think that, like, if I was there, I might, there might be an alliance of sorts. I think oh, we'd, be, an
0: alliance. You know, we'd be,
1: yeah, like we'd be, and I don't know about, I mean, I've talked to Genevieve. She's, I don't have any bad blood with her. Yeah, from yeah. What I mean. we've, we've hung out a few times. And so unless she's saying stuff behind closed doors that I'm not aware of, but I know, I, mean, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't. And even Michelle, like, I, again, I, we hung out all last week and our, we, yeah, yeah. Ago. No, I just think that, like,
0: the viewers and the producers are going to be oh, like, oh, now oh. we have to play this out. And that's how it would look yeah, for the sure. audience. But um, reality TV, it's, it's supposed yeah, to be yeah.
1: entertaining. So, of course. Did you
0: and um yeah. Rachel, is it truly just friends? Were you guys, will you ever get back together? I have to ask.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, no, I think it's really just friends and twofold. For one, I mean, you got to think like, and Rachel totally, I mean, it's just like, Hey, like, I just want to, I, I want to be friends. And, and I'm like, yeah, I think we, it was very much mutual that we both felt that way. I mean, after everything that I did, how could somebody ever come back anyways? And you, you wouldn't, you'd always kind of feel like second choice. Yeah. Um, if, if you came, if, if I, if, if I we were to start dating again after everything that happened. So I couldn't, I couldn't do that if I was in her position to be like, okay, you know what, I'll, I'll give us a second chance after you you know, did what you did. So um, I see that side of it. I also think that like she, you know, is just she's moved on and was like, hey, like I but I get where you're at now. And so from like we went through a lot together, um, almost like a trauma bond of sorts. So but I just have a lot of respect for it. And I think like we have such a unique experience that now I feel like that's somebody that I can call, pick up the phone and call and talk to. And, and we have that kind of you know friendship now where it's like, hey, we can pick up the phone and have these conversations because no one else gets it. So, I mean, this is great to have someone that I can bounce this off off of because just because the show ends doesn't mean this experience ends. I mean,
0: oh, for sure. We're still talking about it today. You gave us an aneurysm the other week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And that was just, you know, I mean, again, like I, we, I found, we both found out we were going, I think we were like, okay, you know, it's been enough time where I think at some point we should address this, right? Like, and this is a bigger overarching thing as far as for me, I'm like, don't run from your issues at some point, address them and find, you know, find the silver lining, find your Uh, what's what I'm looking for, like find, find peace uh, and and find closure. Yeah. And we appreciate that too. As people who are like
0: invested in the season, like we appreciate seeing the closure and seeing that you guys can just be like chill now. So will we ever get that with you and Gabby?
1: My, my line is open for Gabby. I would love to have a conversation with her too um, because yeah, I mean, I, I also hurt her. And so like, I would like, it meant a lot to me for Rachel to give me the time of day and sit down. And, and, but not only that, but she was just so like, I'm like, Hey, I was like, you don't even have to apologize. She's like, no, I just want you to know, like, I also played a role in this. And she took all this accountability and I don't think she had to take as much as she did, but it meant a lot to me is like, just some, like, just, it helped me heal. And it helped me forgive myself because there was a point where I was in the dumps. Cause I I was like, I destroyed, you know, the, these individuals. I mean, I hurt them really bad and destroyed a big word. I wouldn't say that. Like but I, I hurt them, you know, in that moment. And I thought, you know, I hope one day they can forgive me. And so I, you know, I I have that forgiveness from Rachel. I would love to have that from Gabby, but I also don't expect it from anybody. So if she decides that she's like, I'm just never going to broach this with him and move on with my life. and. We'll never have another conversation. She's entitled to that. And I don't hold it against her. I mean, I, I, but I would love to have that conversation. My line's open. So if she ever sees this, uh,
0: we want to see it. We want to see a TikTok of you guys, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe soon we'll see. Okay. Last nosy question. And then we'll round things out with your book. Will, then I have to ask, as you already know, will you and Susie ever get back together?
1: Oh man. Um, I would say never say never, you know, I think she's an incredible human being and, she did so much for me, but I just, I I just, I think right now it's so hard to say, like I, I would, I would never say never. Like I really genuinely enjoyed so much of the time that we shared together and she helped me be here today. I mean, there were points where without her, I question if at, if at times, if I would have made it through some of those circumstances, like I went to really dark places and I unfortunately pulled her with me there. Um, and I think that's where I found as, you know, when we ended things, it kind of like Helped us both just heal separately because the trauma and like of what was coming down on me, what I was subjecting myself to, was kind of pulling us both down. So, um, I'm in a better place now, and who knows what life holds. I mean, we're in really great a great spot, um, a lot of respect for each other. We, you know, check in. Uh, every so often just like to see how each other's doing so like that line that communication's been there I I just I don't know I don't know I guess is the answer I love
0: no that's great that's great and I know she really supports you so I think that's really great that you guys still have that communication and I don't want to see you be too hard on yourself I really hope that this book like gave you the opportunity to kind of let out everything because I feel like you're still beating yourself up like and I want you to like you know not do that anymore
1: yeah, I'm trying to find, I guess, the balance. Like I had this conversation recently. I feel that if I just kind of walk in, I smile and i and I don't acknowledge the pain I caused, then I almost could be possibly minimize it. It could be perceived that way, or I'm taking away from it. Like I never want to make it seem like, oh, two years has passed. So now now it no longer matters. Now I can laugh at it. I'll never laugh at like, the rose ceremony from Hell, like these crazy and these circumstances were like, well, again, it depends what you watch the show for. Right. So if you love
0: part of the reason I watched the show is for the drama. So I was never mad at you.
1: (laughs) Right. So some people were like, ah, like feed the beast, like love this. This is great. But you know, I think the the name's ridiculous and I'm just, I can laugh at that, but like, I never want, even if it's 10 years from now, I never want to just be like, okay, enough time has passed. Now I can make light of all this. Like, I don't think I'll ever crack a joke about that at someone's expense. Like I'll always for sure. have a you know, kind of have I like when that's brought up that moment it'll kind of it takes me back I think that's what it is is I think a lot of times when we talk about these things you're seeing me go back I'm getting pulled back into that and I'm still feeling those feelings in the moment and I'm reliving it so it's just hard to separate from that when every time I feel like I'm getting pulled back at when I speak about it so you know that's just that's just because there was so many emotions attached to it it's hard to let that go but that's Ultimately, fair. I'm in a better place and I found peace and And I don't beat myself up too much. I just I think I'm a work in progress and and I still am not where I want to be yet. So, um, you know, this this progression, the self-belief will continue and people will watch this transition mm-hmm. as I continue to to find that self-love and self-belief.
0: Yeah. And I think that anyone who's gone through a dark time will definitely benefit through reading this book, just kind of how to overcome that and how to find your confidence and find who you are and find your passion. And I think you really opened up a lot about that. So you're definitely an inspiration. So you should be super proud of yourself. Um, where can people pre-order your book? When does it come out?
1: Yeah, it's out. I just launched it. I mean, I, uh, right before this, this, uh, podcast. So, um, it's out, it's, it's no pre-order. It's just like, go to my, my, uh, Instagram page and you can click on the link there. And you can order it from Amazon. And I just uh, I hope that it it helps helps individuals. Um, it's a, it's a quick read. I think it you know maybe it depends like three or four half out three or four hours. But I hope it's that like it two hundred pages. Yeah, yeah. It's something. It's relatively short. But for for me, I think it's just a a story of hope. I mean, that's. That's what it, I, I think. There's a lot that, that goes into it, but I just want people to read this and walk away from it and say, "Okay, if he did it, I feel that I can do it too." Um, and for those that have kind of joined me on my journey, you'll get that inside look and and the in, yeah the insight into um, you know why why I went through and did the things that I did, and and it just I think it's great for us to have these conversations because if I open up it might cause someone else to open up and then somebody else and it's a snowball effect. And next thing you know, we're all talking about therapy. We're all talking about depression, suicidal thoughts. And it's all of a sudden, it's not something that people run from. There's an interesting um, fact I just heard recently that actually when people talk about suicidal thoughts, you can bring it up to them. Like, hey, are you having thoughts of suicide? It used to be that people thought don't bring that up because you're going to trigger somebody. And now they're finding the research is showing if you bring that up to somebody, it actually can help them. Um, If you say like, hey, are you having these thoughts? It doesn't like lead them to or or, spark this flame in them to like all of a sudden take it to the next step. So I think having these conversations is so important. It's like if we just the more we have eventually one day, we'll be able to go into work and someone will say. Hey, you, you kind of seem down today. What's going on? You could talk, tell your coworker like, yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm really struggling today. Like I, I just woke up and I looked in the mirror and I don't like what I see. And like, I, I just wish I was happier in this realm. And it's like, all of a sudden that person starts, you know, they're there for you. They support you That support. We all grow together as we, as we are able to open up because we all have these vulnerabilities. Just most of us don't share it because we're fearful of being judged.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I, I think that's great that you're sharing it. I think a lot of people will relate, And I think that everybody should go order the book right now. Go support Clayton. I promise you, he doesn't think there's some tea, but there is some tea in the book. So you guys be sure to make sure to grab a copy. Clayton, thank you so much for being here and taking the time. I really, really appreciate this. Um, You're my second bachelor I interviewed. I had Ari on a couple of weeks ago. So um, really great to have you. Um, Obviously, I'm a friend of Susie's, so I've always kind of supported you. But I really did like you on the show too. So I'm just happy that you're... You have found your piece and that you have this book and, um, where can everybody follow you and just give the link one more time so people know where to order it?
1: Yeah. Uh, easiest place. I just, I like to put everything in one social. I don't like all the different social media avenues, although I have TikTok and all that, but the best, it's all my first and last name, Clayton Eckerd. Um, there might be a period in between for like TikTok, but Instagram is the best place to go. It's where I'm most active. Um, and then you can go to the website itself, Um, and it has a link there for the book.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Everyone get the book. And if you are listening to this podcast, be sure to rate and review. Or if you're watching on YouTube, give this video a thumbs up and subscribe. And we will see you guys in the next one. Bye.
1: Thank you, Zach. Appreciate it. Zachary. Yeah, yeah, you're good.